Hey, welcome to Kingsway Caring Bar. We are a community inspired by love to live differently. I'm Dave, one of the pastors here. It's so great to have you with us. We pray this teaching will inspire you, build your faith, and lead you to a life of fullness and freedom in Jesus. Enjoy the message. share a little bit from Elijah, uh, sorry, from 1 Kings chapter 19 on um, Elijah. And I feel like there's two parts to this. I feel like there's um, a word here for somebody, maybe for everybody, but it may be for somebody. Um, and if it's you, I'd love to hear from you after, or even to give testimony in a few moments time to uh, what God might be doing in your life as, as a result of what he might be saying here. Um, and then just an encouragement for us um, as well. Uh, so 1 Kings chapter 19, uh, I won't read it, uh, but I will kind of retell just briefly what happens here. Elijah has been um, running amok with God um, and had been calling the nations to account. And the king, Ahab and Jezebel, were pretty upset with him. And so he uh, was sent, a messenger was sent to say that they were going to kill him. And so he ran. Um, and he ran into the desert and he lay down under a tree and he said, Lord, take my life away. Is it too much to ask that you would just wipe me out right now? And um, as he was lying there, he, the Holy Spirit arrives on set and says to him, taps him on the shoulder, arise and eat. And so he did. He sat up and there was a cake right beside his head. Uh, wouldn't that be lovely in your quiet time? <laughs> Wake up and there's a tiramisu next to your head or something like that. That would just be marvellous. I don't know what kind of cake it was, but um, he, he was just about done with life. Um, he was running. He was afraid. Um, I'm sure he was certainly uncertain as to what was going to be the fate of uh, himself and his future and that of the nation of Israel, that in this moment there was a lot of despair and um, a lot of worry and concern and anxiety. And um, it's, I don't know whether you've been there, but I've been there. I've been in that place of, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm just take me now. I'm done with this situation. I'm over it. You know, use those words, I'm done. Who's ever used them? Probably all of it. I'm just done. You know, this was Elijah's thing. He was done. And, um, the Lord came and said to him, arise and eat. And there was a cake. And then he ate the cake and he went back to sleep again under the broom tree. And um, a second time, Holy Spirit comes and um, taps him on the shoulder and says, hey, bud, um, get up and, and eat again. And he got up and he ate. I'm not sure what it was this time. Uh, doesn't tell us, uh, but I'm sure it was something tasty from God. And um, he says, the, the Holy Spirit says to him, um, eat this because the journey that's coming is long. And, and uh, Elijah lasted 40 days and 40 nights off that meal. And I, I have a feeling this morning that there is a, a, a journey, whether it's 40 days and 40 nights, I'm not sure, for somebody or for the church, I, I, I don't know, but maybe this is you, that um, you feel like you are in that desert place or you feel like you are um, over it and you're done and you are just willing to fall asleep under a tree and to never wake up again or somewhere metaphorically in that picture you might find yourself, being tired, being exhausted, being uncertain, being worried, being just in that thick of a fog that is like, I don't know how to, I just don't know. 
You know, what I believe this morning is that as we, as we bring and we share God's word together and we hear this, that there is, this is God saying to you, arise and eat because the journey ahead um, depends on this food that you're about to receive. And whether it's this food as in this next 10 or 15 minutes that we have together or whether it's in your own quiet time where you're in God's word at home or in worship or wherever it might be, that there is a meal that God has for you now that's going to see you through the season. And so maybe that's, maybe, maybe that's resounding with you this morning that um, God is doing something now. He's, he's imparting something into your, um, into your spirit that is going to carry you through this next season. And if it is, I would love for you to bring some testimony around where you might be in that picture. Um, this morning, you might be just about to lie down and say, I'm done. Maybe you have got, had a really great experience in the last week uh, where God has said something to you that has been the most nourishing, energizing refueling experience that you've had in a long time and maybe you, know, you could bring testimony to what that has been. Uh, maybe you're in the thick of a 40-day journey where you've had to just rely on that word that God gave you weeks ago and that thing is keeping you going, it's sustaining you. Maybe this morning um, that's what we need to hear is what's getting you through um, this season. The next thing that happens to Elijah is that he, um, he ends up at Mount Horeb called the Mountain of God. And he sees a cave and he goes into the cave um, and he hides in the cave and he goes looking for um, you know, God in, that, in the middle. And the funny thing is God came and found him and said to Elijah, why are you here? Uh, and he's, he's kind of like, I don't know, I'm, I'm afraid and I'm running and all the rest of it and poured his heart out. And um, Anyway, the Lord passed by um, in, a, in, a, in a wind and shattered the rocks. You know, this big dramatic moment of, you know, a huge thunderous wind pours through the valley and Elijah's like, is God's voice in, in there? And it turns out that it wasn't. And then um, a, an enormous earthquake rattled the mountain and Elijah's in his cave going, is God, are you in the earthquake? You know, the big thing, the, the big noise and no, he wasn't there and the, and the fire came raging through and maybe God's in the fire, maybe in this big raucous event, maybe in all the hype of the fire, maybe God's voice is in there. Um, but it wasn't. And he heard the whisper of God, and he, he walked out to the very um, precipice of the, of the cave he was in, and he just heard the, the whisper, just the, hey, I'm here. It's okay. I've got you. And there was this whisper of Holy Spirit in that moment that did something in Elijah. He grabbed his cloak, and he pulled it over his, his face, and he's like, this is a holy moment. And I'm asking the question of why is God not in the fire? Why is he not in the earthquake? Why is he not in the wind? Why is it that we get so accustomed to looking for God's voice in the big thing? The conference, the church service, the, the, the world famous preacher on his podcast, you know, the big pastor in town who's got all the lights and the, the, you know, the word from God, the person who's done the, the world tour preaching, you know, why is it that we're kind of going, God, in the big thing, in the big person, in the big show, where's your voice? But yet he speaks in just this little whisper. I wonder why that is. I can tell you why it is. It's because he's near. You know, I was out having, uh, having dinner with a guy the other night, and he was a quiet talker. You know, the quiet, have you ever, you, <laughs> do you know a quiet talker in your life? And you're like, can you just speak up a little bit, please, pal? I can't really hear what you're saying. And um, 
You know, they get a bit close, you know, quiet talkers, and you've got to get a bit closer, and it becomes this little personal space issue when the quiet talkers are quiet. You've got to get in. You see, God is so close that he doesn't need to yell. He is so near to you that he doesn't need to shout through someone far off, through a TV screen. God is so near to you that he doesn't need to rumble the foundations of the earth to get your attention. He just needs to say, I'm here. I'm here. Isn't he good? And so, Lord, we know you're here. And uh, let's, just, let's just open this space now uh, for testimony, for what God might be saying, or if anything has just resounded with you there, if you've got something on your heart that's been not letting go. In fact, if, you're heart, if you've got a heartbeat right now that's kind of a bit faster than normal, um, that's kind of an indication that maybe God is saying something uh, to you in this moment to bring. Um, so, floor open. Has anyone got something that I'd love to share on what God is saying or not? And it's okay if there's not two. Jen does. I really didn't expect to speak this morning, but I will. I just, when I came in, I had this picture of um, God just said, my spirit hovers over the waters. And I was like, okay, that's great. Kind of done and dusted with that sermon series. And I felt like the Lord's voice again said to me, the spirit is hovering over the waters. Okay, so during worship I just had this vision because I sort of see things in pictures and I felt like the Holy Spirit just prompted me again and it's like Genesis 1-2 said, and the Spirit of God moved, hovered, brewed over the waters, the face of the waters. And what I didn't realise was um, when I looked into it just quickly a little bit further, I'll read this out. Genesis 1-2, and the Spirit of God moved over the face of the waters. The Hebrew for moved, hovered, brewed, is the word rashaf, which is only used three times in the Bible. The word indicates a high degree of care, even concern in his action. The Lord is close. And I had no idea what Dave was going to say just then, but it's a reminder that, you know, it's no coincidence that the Lord is trying to tell us something here because I haven't spoken really to Dave all week apart from him checking in that I'm okay. I think there's a strong message of, you know, the Lord trying to tell us that he's near, that he's with us. It's a message for me, but I also think it's a message for the church. And that particular passage of Scripture is connected to Deuteronomy 32:10, where it says, He formed him in the desert land and in the howling waste of the wilderness. He encircled him. He cared for him. He kept him and the apple in the apple as the apple of his eye. So, yeah, I feel like the Lord's just really saying to us this morning that he's near, saying to me that he's near, saying to you that he's near. So. It's good. I like that. It's what he did in the desert place. You know, he did that for Elijah. That it was in the desert place that the formation for the future happened. And 
and maybe, maybe that, that feeling right now that you might be in that desert place, don't be afraid of it. It's the place where God's forming you for your future. I like it. Mm. He's near. You know, I think we all go through times when we feel that God's separated from us. God's distant from us. We don't feel it. A few weeks ago, I came home from a game of golf. I had a pretty tough game of golf. I was really tired and worn out, and I got home, and Luba said to me, let me put the bath on for you. So she run the bath for me, a nice warm bath. I love to have a bath when I'm tired, when I'm weary. Run the bath for me, put Epsom salts in it, and put um, one of those things, that, what's the flower bomb thing, in the water, and it's all floating on the top of the water. And I got in this water, and I'm just sitting there, laying back in the water, and the water was nice and warm, and quite hot actually, but it's nice and warm. And I just sat there for a while, laid there for a while, and eventually I couldn't feel the water. I couldn't feel the water. And I thought, how long have I been in here? The water and my body temperature became the same. Talk about hovering over the waters. And at that time, God spoke to me and said, sometimes you feel separate from me. Sometimes you feel different from me. Sometimes you feel a distance from me. But I'm always there. Just as you can't feel the water at the moment, the water's there. The water was there. I had my eyes, the water was there. Sometimes we feel distant from God. But God is always there. He's got his arms round about us. He's keeping us in that place. Dave was saying before about the, the whisper of God, how God wants to whisper in your ear. You know, often the busyness of life and the hecticness of life, the sound, the noise, the things going on around about us distract us from God. We can't hear that, that whisper. We can't hear that still, quiet voice because we no, don't take the time to slow down and listen. I just laid in that bath. And I must admit, I've been a slack at times and not read my Bible and not prayed like I should. But God is still close to me. God is ever, ever near. Beauty. We spoke about that last week, is the goodness of God is not dependent, and the nearness of God is not dependent on those things that we feel like we should or ought to be doing. He is there, and we are immersed in his love and his kindness because he is good and he's the one who has done it and he because of Jesus is the one that made the way possible for us to have access to the father and to um, be immersed in the water be immersed in the presence mm. I'll take that image with me all day I think Leon of you with a flower bomb in the bath and the soapy suds Tegan I'm glad I was going to pick on you just so you know because I knew when in worship the same thing last week when I turned around I saw Shelley up the back here worshipping. I knew that God had been doing this, and the same was for you. So uh, here you go. Uh, so for me at the moment, I'm in my HSC year. So I'm like at this point where I've graduated a week ago, but I've still got like exams coming up and all this other stuff. But God in the last few weeks, he's reminded me that he's there for me through little moments that have just helped to keep me grounded and not like lose focus on what I'm doing or get too caught up in stressed about the work. So like getting together with my friends last week and um, all the, just reminded me to celebrate the little moments of like graduating, celebrating the milestones instead of just focusing on too far in the future because everything's uncertain with, I don't know what I want to do next year. I don't know what I'm going to do, but He's reminded me to celebrate now and be present with what's going on. Beautiful. Thanks, Teagues. I think that's the cake moment, right? 
You know, in those small moments of God just being there and you notice the cake that God has given you that whether it is something worth celebrating or whether it's something you've just noticed or whether it's something um, that's encouraged you or lifted your spirit, that's the cake. That's the bit that God has gone here. Just eat this one for now and it will carry you through. Um, yeah, beautiful. Thanks, Teagues. Anything else stirring in someone's heart this morning? Kano. Kano's got something to bring. And Poppy. How are you, Pops? So normally our children are in church, in kids' church, so it's kind of interesting that Poppy's here today. But last week when um, Dave sent out a text to the elders and staff about, you know, we were going to step into a couple of moments of sharing, I thought it would be something fitting now that after what Brett and Jen have just gone through, um, something that's helped me get through our current season. Um, So just a couple of quick thoughts of encouragement. At the moment, um, everybody, and I want to respect everybody in this situation, everyone has different things that they're walking through, running through, or crawling through. And everyone has certain things going on in their life. And I think, Shell, what you brought last week was amazing, and thanks for being so open and honest. Um, and during last week in church, I was actually preparing this, but forgive me if it's a little bit raw for some of you. However... Um, it may just be the little bit of encouragement that you need. So within the last 12 months, my wife and I, Nicola, Poppy and Hunter, <laughs> have gone through an interesting 12 months. Without God and Nicola's strength and our church community, it wouldn't have been as easy as it has been. Um, another thing that helped me get through was bike riding. And we all know that our friend Dave loves a good analogy. Normally it involves a boat and a fishing rod and running into the, into the rocks in the ocean, but um, today my little thing will be just a little bit about bike riding and how that can encourage you in your Christian faith. So almost, almost four months now, I've been living without my dad. His life was unfortunately cut short due to an aggressive brain cancer. Upon his diagnosis, he didn't even get to live another 12 months here with us. blessing out of this is the memories that we can lean on in the times of need. Can I read it? And the days just before my dad passed away, he turned his life to Christ. And I want it to be an encouragement to you guys to never give up. No matter what season you're in or what is happening with the people around you, never give up. Having faith is like riding a bike. The more strength you have, the further you'll be able to go. Now, I know some of you aren't into bikes as much as I am, and Dave and I used to ride together quite a lot. However, there's kind of four things, and this is not a bike instructional, but there's four things about riding a bike. Cadence. Everyone knows what cadence is, how far your legs are spinning. Watts. Up. Come on. Come on. No, you're not coming up. Um, watts, the power that your legs are putting out. So you want to average over 200 watts a ride. However... If you care about that, you can log into Strava and look at people's rides because that's what people do these days. <laughs> Your average speed compares how far you go, which is an awesome thing to be able to share with your friends in your journey of getting fitter. And then hours, so consistently improving and spending hours on the bike or hours in training. 
a little bit about loving God, which I thought was quite interesting to those four points. Some things that may get us through, and this is not a four-point step to being a Christian, but keep on serving, keep on praying, and keep on listening to the Spirit and seeing God through move different situations in your life. Because individually, we will never know how much that one situation can impact us for our future. And then, keeping with hours in training, number four, eternal life. All of the above that I've just discussed with you is the road to eternal life. And I know, and Poppy knows, and Poppy's only two, bless her little soul, just yesterday we were driving in the car, and she says out loud, Poppo's in heaven. Now, for our two-year-old daughter to say that is a huge thing. And the way that Nicola and I live our life is a testament to loving God each day. Um, so just encourage you all to use any situation that you may have in your faith, whether it's riding a bike, rowing, running, whatever, understand how you can help others through that period. And for me, with our kids understanding that my dad is now in heaven, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> a couple of verses I'll just share with you now um, to wrap up is from Isaiah 43, verse 1 to 5. But now, says, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel your Saviour. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes, and honoured and I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I, I will gather you. Um, so yeah, that just leans on a little bit of what's getting us through this season, what Dave just shared earlier, but... I hope that may encourage you in some way. Um, and everyone has a story and a purpose, so just remember that. Beautiful. Thanks, Kano. Has anyone else got anything? Shell's, shells back on. Back on the bike. This is, yeah, great. On your shell. Um, when Dave just before said um, just that putting your hand up and saying I'm done and um, that was me um, two weeks ago when I put my hand up and said I'm done but um, leading up to that it was either I felt like I was either on um, the verge of the biggest breakdown or um, the verge of breaking through like the dawn um, and praise God, I was breaking through like the dawn of a new day. Um, but what that did for me leading up to that, um, I got huge anxiety and um, even to the point to where I wasn't sleeping um, and had to take sleeping pills. And, and what that did for me, though, it popped um, a bubble. It popped the mental health bubble for me and how I viewed it and how I saw it. And um, I just really felt this morning on my heart was um, 
just on behalf of the church um, to say sorry and um, for those with all various kinds of mental health, um, you know, colourfulness, um, you know, where you felt judged before or you felt misunderstood, um, where you felt weak, where, however you felt, I really felt on behalf of the church and just to stand in the gap and say sorry. Um, and I just felt like the Lord wanted to say, um, you're strong, you're brave, and you're courageous. Um, and, you know, it's time to make things right. And, um, yeah, that um, with arms open wide, you're welcome in the church, and the church is going to become colourful and um, restored back to its original, um, yeah, wave, how... how it's meant to look. Beautiful. Thanks, Shell. The church becoming colourful. Oh, man, what a, what, a, what a vision that there is for God's church. That so right, so many people mental, with mental health. Um, I love the way you've even said it, the colourfulness of mental health. Um, it's not a, um, something to be frowned upon or something to be judged, but um, people of all walks of life adding colour and vibrancy to God's church. Um, and it's become, over the years, can become easy for the church to become monochromatic, um, just one tone of the perfect Christian or whatever the picture might be, of just one flavour, very you know, single track kind of thing. But, you know, the, the future of God's church is a colourful vibrant, um, unpredictable, life, full of life um, community of people who are passionately worshipping Jesus and seeking his presence and his nearness and um, serving the nations around us. And that is going to be a colourful, colourful thing. And some colours I don't like. Um, <laughs> pink. No, I'm joking. I'm, you know, pink's the new blue. But God's church is going to be so full of an array of colour, beautiful shell, it's just going to be life-giving. Um, if there's, is there anyone that's got something burning? Otherwise, we're going to kind of just wrap up in a sec. Something to bring. Kimo. Thanks. Thanks, Shell. I just wanted to affirm that... Um I had a really hard day on Friday at Platform 9, so I spent all day with people um, struggling with mental health, called the ambulance in the morning and it went on from there and I felt really overwhelmed by the end of the day and really helpless because when I'm there as a caseworker I have a certain role and, and boundaries around that role. But what I felt most that each of the people that I had been with that day needed was family. And that's where they didn't need fixing, they needed acceptance. And I think that's what we have to offer as a church, is acceptance and family. There's only so much that a service can do for someone. <laughs> um, and we have some great services that we run as a church, but I'm looking at Bernie, she knows the limits of that <laughs> as much as I do. 
Um, yeah, so thank you for sharing that. And I think that there's something in that for us as a community. Um, and just, I think, at the end of that day, and since then I felt a bit undone with my own stuff. We were talking about being done. <laughs> Sometimes we feel undone. <laughs> um, and when I was sitting here earlier this morning, I just um, got a picture of a present being unwrapped and just felt that God was saying, yeah, you're feeling undone because I'm an undoer. <laughs> I undo things. I'm undoing. And when we have a gift, when we undo it, the gift or the treasure is inside the package. So I guess just to say that, if you're feeling a bit undone in places in your life, that I just feel like God's in the undoing and he's unwrapping stuff because there's gifts inside. So just to not... Um, I think when we feel undone, we can feel like we're losing it, <laughs> falling apart. But that's exactly where God needs us to be in this season. So don't see it as a negative, but see it as the work of his spirit and that he's near. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, thanks, Kimo. Um, right, I'm going to invite um, Mikey and team to come back. And um, there's a couple of things that I... I I'm seeing as a thread here, and one um, is water. There's been a um, this, this sense of surround and immersion. Um, the water has come through a few times, um, finished with this gift. Um, and there's a, the moment, I can't remember where it is in Acts, um, where um, the disciples turn up to a group of people and said, have you guys um, received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And they're like, What? No, we got, Johnny baptised us. He took us down the beach and did the thing and up we came, you know, the hallelujahs and all the rest of it and we got on with life. And they said, yeah, well, that was, that was John's baptism, the baptism of repentance. That's the one uh, for the forgive, you know, where you just recognise in front of everyone that you've sinned to forgiven and all that hoopla. And then um, they say, um, well, it, we haven't heard of the Holy Spirit. And in that moment, um, they pray and the Holy Spirit falls on this group of people and there is a, a collective immersion of Holy Spirit among them and in them. And um, we know that when God gets on the inside of someone, uh, life changes. When God gets on the inside of a church, the church changes. When God gets in the inside of a situation, the situation changes. When God gets on the inside, when it's not just an external visceral experience that happens around us, but something that happens within us, things begin to change. And so as we uh, sing just now, I'm going to invite everyone to stand. And whether you've been baptised in Holy Spirit uh, before or not, I'm not particularly fussed because more is always better. It's uh, not like we can, it's the wrong word, I apologise. It's not like we can have more of God. Um, all of God is ours. What a gift. All of who he is, is on offer for you and I. All of the power in his kingdom, all of the riches in heaven, all of the access to the Father, all of the forgiveness you'll ever need, all of the resource and abundance in this world is God's. We can't get more of him. We can just become more available to him, I believe. And so 
you know, there's precedence in Scripture, you know, for people being filled with the Holy Spirit, and we can't lay hands on on people. Um, but we're gonna, I'm just gonna ask that God would uh, baptize, immerse us in His Spirit. Uh, I've got faith enough to believe that it doesn't just happen with a laying on of hands, but in a moment like this, where God's people are gathered, uh, that He would bless us with His Holy Spirit in a measure that we have not experienced before. I don't know what that looks like, um, but I know He's good and I can trust God. And so if you've never been baptised in the Holy Spirit, if you've never experienced the infilling of God, something where there is, uh, it transcends your just your knowing, it goes beyond just your brain of, yeah, I know God and God knows me, and um, the kind of a two-dimensional relationship, and maybe I could describe it as, to this moving into a three, four, five, multi-dimensional relationship with God where well beyond your mind, your heart is captivated and knows. I'd love for you to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit this morning, the infilling where you are immersed, where you are flooded, where you are overwhelmed, where you are overcome, where you are in the bath of God's goodness and His presence. So, Lord, there has been so much to say about water this morning that we ask right now that we would have an immersion in Jesus' name. That you would pour out your Spirit on the youngest and the oldest and everyone in between that you would fill hearts and you would fill minds, you would fill entire beings from head to toe. That you would fill this church from every corner, from every pillar to and every post. That you would fill and immerse our conversations. That Holy Spirit, you would baptize and immerse entirely the services that we are ministering to people in. Holy Spirit, would you fill Platform 9? Holy Spirit, would you fill Jacaranda Cottage? We pray that you'd be right now every kid that was at sync camp, every leader that was at camp, that you would fill them right now, immerse them with the water Spirit in Jesus' name. Father, for Bredo in Melbourne, We know that your spirit is not geographically bound. That right now where he is in lockdown in Melbourne, facing the uncertainty of how he's getting home and when he's getting home, right now in his room, Father, I pray you'd fill him with your Holy Spirit. last song together and um, let's lay back in the, in, the, in, the, in the surroundedness of who we are, in the immersed people of God, in the bath waters of God's grace and God, His goodness. It feels so natural and so normal and so comfortable to be in His presence that in this moment for the next two or three minutes as we finish up together that 
we would just feel the full surrounding, entire wraparound nearness and presence of God. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching. If you'd like to connect with us, make a financial gift, or find out more about Kingsway Churches, head to kingsway.org.au. Have a good one.